0: Full service radio. Full service radio. Full service. Full service. Full service. Full service radio. What's going on? This is MND FCK podcast, Mindfuck the podcast. Uh, we're broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in beautiful Adams Morgan, Northwest Washington, D.C. at the Line Hotel. Full service radio on the air. I'm your host, at Marcus with the CK Dowling, D-O-W-L-O. I'm the uh, creative director of Decades Nightclub. I'm a uh, world-respected uh, uh, journalist, and I'm also someone who, for 18 months in the year of 2010, worked at uh, Pleasure Place, a sex shop in Georgetown, Washington, D.C.
1: And my name is Domina Vantana. I'm a professional dominatrix based in Washington, D.C., and I am blessed to be Marcus's co-host. I also did adult retail. Um, I was at Lotus Blooms uh, with the original owner, so when they opened around 2010, 2012 in uh, Old Town, which is really close to Reagan National Airport. Right. Um, And you were in Georgetown, right? Yes. So today's topic is all about toys, and I told you all to get your Valentine's Day list ready because... um, you have a really bad habit of shopping last minute.
0: Yes, that's the thing.
1: Yeah, and the guy we're bringing to you today is like a professional, like a, like a curator, a sculpture, a graphic artist, an artiste. So his stuff, you can at least give a man three weeks if you really want to surprise your honey, if you're trying to introduce some new moves... This Valentine's course, holiday. As season. one should. Yeah, you you want to listen now and you want to pick and choose now and get your order in the All queue. Right.
0: And the showman's name is Kenton uh, Johnston. He's from Funkit Toys. Uh, details, Fun, yeah, details. Yeah, Funkit, they're a uh, globally respected, uh, organically sustainable, uh, body safe, non toxic manufacturer based out of the, uh, the nation's capital. And uh, shout out to uh, helping individual prostitutes uh, survive hips for uh, putting us on to uh, Kenton. And before we get into the show, I just wanted to read a disclaimer about what we do here. <laughs> m d FCK, Fill in the Vowels, is a broadcast aimed at discovering how, in the midst of chaos, to live our safest, sanest, most consensual and sustainable lives. This is a conversation that lacks rules. We'll say and do whatever we want, but there will be decency defined by protocol every step of the way. So uh, we're six weeks in to uh, these, these broadcasts, this is broadcast number seven. And uh, I was... Speaking with uh, Vantana this week, and we decided we should probably talk about what this process has been a little bit. Like, you know, just as far as like, you know, just kind of like centering ourselves (laughs) and preparing for the next like, you know, six to seven weeks of this because a a, a season of this, Mm -hmm. I guess, is 13 weeks. So we should probably center ourselves, prepare for the second half.
1: You know, it's interesting that you say 13 weeks because I I was just getting out my calendar this month because it's January and buy your new calendar. And I was crossing off all of my T's. T Tea is for Tuesday. Right. Because that's when we're live. Yeah. And suddenly, like, I hopped a couple of months, and I hit May 7th. I mean, by the point the spring is here, it's going to be... Right. We're going to wrap.
0: Yeah. But then uh, I presume we're going to continue. One would hope the people know are gonna, enjoying I only
1: this. planned six months in advance, and I used to not plan at all. So that's good <laughs> enough for me.
0: No, definitely. So uh, as far as what this podcast has meant for you, as far as, like, being able to, like... Broadcast. You're interviewing
1: and talk. me now?
0: Just briefly. All just, right, I'm just down. Just ask a question. Kenton was... doesn't
1: come on until 25 hours. No, no, we had,
0: we had discussed that we were going to talk about this.
1: I discovered we have a phone number after I discovered I didn't give him directions to the <laughs> studio. So thank you to, you yeah. know the line and, and the studio for being yeah. hooked up like that. And thank you for the Kenton be, for being so awesome and yeah. flexible.
0: Of course. So your thoughts. That's though? part
1: of the process. You ask what it means to me. It yeah. means that it means learning shit. Like we have a phone number for folks to call in and be on the air. So I can now start booking guests from anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah. It's totally a thing. Um, we've, I think for me, it was like, I wanted to make sure that we had guests in a studio initially. Cause I remember when we started to talk about the process of putting this together that one of the things you said was really profound because it's like affected the way I think about things in general. Ding. You just you say profound stuff all the time, just like apparently Stop. I do. Oh, whatever, it's the truth. But um, you said that you d- that you needed a third person in the studio during our conversations to balance the energy.
1: Yeah, because you and I could go all night, right? And, and that's that's very exclusive to us. That's right. why we wanted to host something together. Yeah. And the third person brings all of that out, and I feel like we bring them out, and I'm just curious. Like, I just always want to be learning, and I feel like I've been blessed to come up in D.C. when I did, like when the internet hit, and when, like, the, the equality movements really struck and right. stuck, um, although we got a really damaging reversal on that today um, with the stay on the trans band in the military, so... Um, anyways I want to showcase the magnificent fucking people because I really do believe that the most interesting characters in any story and I believe our lives are journeys that are stories um, are the supporting actors right Right. the supporting characters and and I am so blessed like anything uh, anything that is great about me is because of those that I came up with and thanks to social media we don't necessarily see each mother see each other see each other as much as we used to back in the day I'm not Drunk, I'm just talking too fast, and the coffee's really strong. Um, so they'll be here soon, and um, I am going to pass the baton to Marcus. I just handed a piece of paper, and yeah, I don't have a task. no problem, I need to go no take problem, of. of course. Back to, we're so learning.
0: my thought is, ultimately, when, when doing this, is that we're in this age where social media is so prevalent, and you can reach out and talk to anybody, anywhere, at any time. So a lot of, like, you know to give you a little bit of the inside baseball here, is when we're putting together the topics. Like, when we initially came with the podcast, I had this, like, massive list of topics. Like, I had, like, 20 topics. I was like, okay, this big, giant list. And it's funny, I just switched all my stuff over to Evernote. So I have, like, everything, like, more streamlined and organized. And it was fascinating to me because I was like, okay, so I've got this, 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 this. this. And... Then it was like we decided, and I thought it was just going to be a two-person podcast and if people were aware. It would just be me and Fontana every week having these conversations that would be brilliant and lovely and wonderful and people would gain so much. But then when it was decided upon that we would have a third person in the studio, all of a sudden I have this list of 20 topics that me and my friend could talk about like really, really well. And I'm like, okay, this whittles it down because now we have to like figure out people. And initially, because you, you said you wanted to bring people into the studio, I was like, okay. So now this makes it like twice as hard because it's like, okay, I've got this list. Of things that I feel comfortable talking with my friend about. Now I have to bring a third person in, and then that's gonna like cut this list in half because there's certain topics I'm like, I can't imagine having a third person that doesn't share our unique connection from just like being friendly and knowing each other in the room. So I was like, that's the second. And then like that third layer was like, okay, they have to physically be here. So it's just a fascinating thing. Like it's like being able to like tailor what this has become. Just it just fascinates me. Well, I I guess
1: tonight we get a stretch because Kenton is going to be on the phone. He's not going to be here.
0: No, and I'm excited for that because I. Okay, so.
1: I mean, I prefer to be very hands on. That is is kind of my style. Now back to the my insistence that there was a guest, right, from the get go. Yeah. It's also because I love interviewing people. I mean. We call it negotiation in the dungeon. I was going to say. But it is yeah. it is a joy for me as a dominant to interview people. Now, in this situation, it's going to be a fair interview. It's going to be a delightful, you know, discovery-style interview right. about whatever they know they came here for. Right. In the dungeon, my goal is to make them squirm with my interview skills. Right. So, so translate like tra- getting to do it here is a great joy for me because I just love interviewing people. I've been interviewed a lot for the media. I've been on both sides of it. And you and I, I know, share the goal of... Just making sure that we're not just recycling, repeating shit. I want to upscale. I want to have a conversation that hasn't happened before. We give our audience homework. We expect you to show up knowing the topics. This is Washington, D.C. Like, ride with us.
0: Right. So, here's a question. Um, I've done a thousand interviews in the last ten years. It's like, that's a...
1: Maybe in the dungeon I did that many. Right. So, that's (laughs) what I wanted to ask.
0: Like, I feel like we've both done, like, an equal number of interviews, which fascinates me because it's like, okay, so... I only wanted to do this with somebody who I felt like... I'm like, okay, I can like share something in common with somebody. And it's not difficult to do. Like I never wanted the podcast to feel like it was like more work than it already is.
1: It doesn't hurt that you're an Aries... On the Taurus cusp, and I'm a Libra with a bunch of Scorpio energy. This right. is the astrology lesson. It means yeah. we're opposites. Right, so right. So it means we balance each other. We're in the relationship or one on one, most personal so, business relationship style house of one another. Right. Like, we're opposites. Yeah. But we balance each now, other. Now, you
0: taught me that in like May. <laughs> like, you sat. So, like, okay, so full disclosure, we were sitting at like Whole Foods or something one day. Like, you like called me, you're in town, you're like, hey, I'm at Whole Foods.
1: Hey, I'm back from Japan. Right, I'm
0: back from Japan and I'm at Whole Foods. And I'm like, "Oh. Okay. Great." And then you're like, "I'm going to read your chart. Come down I and meet did that. me." That's what yeah. you did. You're like, "Come down and meet me. I'm going to read your chart." So I came down to meet you, you read my chart. Cuz you
1: knew what time you were born. Right. Which is what most people don't know, which is yeah. what you do need to know to get a full chart.
0: Right. So it's it's funny. It's like so she's like, "Okay. We're gonna like do this chart reading. We have this whole thing. We have this whole process is gonna happen, and at that point, I learned like that we were opposite of each other, and in so many ways, and how that made a made for a balance. And then I and then when you said and hey, a synergy. right, and a synergy. And then when you said you went to do the podcast. I was like, okay. So now this is supposed to happen. Now this will now this will absolutely assuredly work, mm-hmm. because. There's a there's like a full 360 degree circle. It's like 180, 180 together and it will work like no matter and no matter what happens, like no matter.
1: You know what I find most interesting? What? And I can't believe I'm going to say this publicly because it's the kind of thing that I don't want the people in my life to know. It's just so terrible. It's not terrible. It's terrible that I feel this way about it is. So the, there's a big division for somebody in, in my type of work between your personal and your professional life or there's there. It's different. It's right. Different. Of course. Okay. Of course. So here we are working on this professional project, and you're the only one I share this side of my life with, right? Outside of my clients, but like exactly, you're my main, you're right? My, you're my work spouse, exactly. Basically,
0: as as you are, before, right? Right.
1: And you get more. no, like you
0: call me at seven o'clock in the morning, and I totally pick up the phone. <laughs> like you're my spouse. It's one totally time a we thing. were
1: talking, and the child walked up, and we the child is is my leather child, right. my, my trans adopted child that yeah. I take care of, and and they interrupted, so I closed out with you to speak with them and they felt bad and I said no that dialogue never ends like Marcus and I are in a constant conversation that never never ends ends. it just picks up again each time we talk yeah but um, it's fascinating mm, that way so here we are and it's not fucking about us it's about the fact that we both feel really passionately about um, a lot of things that we share in common Right. And we felt like uh, as a duo, we could take this on and make something of it because neither of us would be here if we didn't feel like it was worth our time. Because you and I are the type of people that get a lot of opportunities in life, so um, discretion is important. Right. And um, it's a gorgeous studio, and the the staff is amazing, and the line is great. And we're here to talk about so many things. I think as a host, I'm definitely still getting used to this style of platform, this size of platform. I've been working with mainstream audiences for a while, but this Mm -hmm. still feels like more than I've done in the past. And there is no way I'd be here, not only because you're the one that the line really wanted, and you just brought me along. Oh, that's 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 like. No, I'm so glad to be here. But like, you give me the strength as an Aries. I'ma say it. That as a Libra, I might lack because I'm like more concerned about being diplomatic and like keeping the peace. Believe it or not, like I know I'm a Dom, but like that's I have that side to me. You know, of Um, course. And and um that gives me strength and i've never had this type of of relationship in my life and so personally i have all these relationships but they all have to share that side of my life but professionally um outside of my clients this is the center of everything that i do so i give like the most of myself to you and to what we do and that feels um sacred almost
0: right so spiritual (laughs) check-in
1: Yeah, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, like... It's almost the end of January. Yeah. um, 2019 is in full swing. Uh, we've got this shutdown going on. It's, I don't know if you saw my Insta, but they ruined my bourgeoisie no, this week. No, they did. It was week. like... I didn't get to go to the beach. I didn't get to go to the art gallery.
0: Okay, so you funny, funny you say that, because I'm a socialist, and this affects my spirit in so many ways.
1: I don't know what that even means, but go ahead.
0: Okay, so I believe in... The, the no, just tell
1: me about the shutdown. Communal, Let's, we'll sharing,
0: call, communal yeah. sharing of goods, communal okay, sharing of okay. property, communal sharing of ideas, beliefs, okay, and okay. creating synergy between people through socio-political unity.
1: Okay, meanwhile,
0: back so, in Cape
1: Canaveral, right, my park is yeah, so, closed.
0: So my, my, my feeling about the shutdown yes. is that the one positive that comes out of shutdown is that it forces people to have to like be in shared communal space like
1: what spaces are we sharing if everything is closed
0: so so when i got so you know like we 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 spoke about it last week i'll bring it up because i'll bring it up every so often i got dragged by black twitter last year it happened it was a crazy like terrifying moment in my life but one of the things that is significant in that was that one of the things i got dragged for was bringing up the fact that like 12 percent of the people that go to the smithsonian institution are african-americans so like Mm -hmm. black people don't go to museums
1: but but so give like, us the context. The so context the context of,
0: context of this is is, the, is that people okay, so like bourgeois people or people that want bourgeois experiences get away from average everyday life by experiencing these things that literally don't exist right now. Like you can't go to a museum, you can't go to a park, you can't like enjoy like, you know, the the beauty and extravagance of life on some level some that base gate level gate was like
1: locked there were chains on the gates at the Smithsonian Castle
0: yeah it's crazy
1: right that's what brought it home for me so that's then that, my, you know
0: so then that forces the you life
1: I choose you guys I chose that life I sacrificed to be able to live that life yeah
0: and then that forces you on some level to then have to like commune with the average population no. Like you have to be Like you have to share space with So a thing in DC right now And I noticed this I was taking I took a really brisk cold run A couple of days ago You're uh, crazy Yeah I'm crazy is what it, it is what it is And I noticed As I 17 ran 17 degrees it was, it was way too cold that I shouldn't have been running But whatever I had, I had like two layers on It was fine But in any event I was out there And I noted That there were people Who never saw each other So like government employees Who don't have to Who can't go to work they could not go to work. They had to be in the coffee shop next to, like, the homeless person, the entrepreneur in air quotes, who doesn't have an office at WeWork, but is, like, working out of the coffee shop. And then there was the government employee, and then there was, like, the college student, and then there was, like, the high school person skipping school. I saw all these people sharing the same coffee shop.
1: It's definitely been a shift in your usual customers. Right. So yeah.
0: there's this, but there's this moment where like all these people, like I, cause I was done with my run, so I was like standing there waiting and, you know, I was looking around. It was actually at the coffee shop. It was not too far away from here, like right over there in uh, Adams Morgan. There's Starbucks right over there. So I'm looking at all these people. Like at it was, the
1: main intersection at 18th o'clock. Right.
0: So it was fascinating watching all of these people who don't usually look at each other. Cause, you know, like the government employees at work, and, 11.35 in the morning and the, 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 the high school students should be in school and the college students should be in class but everybody's like sharing that space at the same time and then everybody it was funny, it was like watching the whole room like stop and everybody put together the idea that like okay, we're all unified in this space at the same time, what the fuck are we going to do <clears throat> And it's weird because when you talk about, like, energy and spirit and things like that that I'm very cognizant of, it's a weird thing when everybody's emotional spirit has to, like, shift to, like, accept other people and their weight. Because if you're a government employee and you're not working right now, they're like, and you've seen it in, like, the Times and Washington Post and all these places where people who are government employees who have been, you know, furloughed whatever are angrily talking about the fact that they can't work. And to, like, have these, like, people who are not angry about being in a coffee shop at 11.35 in the morning, dealing with people who are, like, angry and or scared and or perturbed, it's just weird to, like, watch people have to, like, accept each other's energy and find the middle.
1: I mentioned the lack of pay this week to someone, and their comment was, oh, well, they'll get paid. And I'm not going to go into details, but it was the kind of person that I wouldn't have expected that sort of response from. Right. And what occurred to me, but I knew there was no point in saying it was, yeah, but what about the weeks of anxiety and the hours spent calling your creditors or the utility companies, um, the concern, rearranging schedules, canceling plans, trying right. to fight to get deposits back because you need to make ends meets until and maybe you get paid. And this right. person was like, well, basically, as long as they get paid, eventually, it doesn't matter that they didn't get paid now. And along with the trans ban or the the stay of the trans ban that was, uh, came down from the lower courts of the Supreme yeah, Court today. Sorry, that, guys, right. I'm not perfect. But the deal is those things cause harm. Right. Right. And there seems to be a complete dismissal of the impact on the humanity of the folks that are being affected by these decisions, whether it's the military ban or the situation at the border or the government shutdown. No, you actually don't get to hold people hostage or regard folks' basic rights. We're not even asking for that much. This is literally a paycheck, and we know what the state of America is with the economy and how many people live paycheck and a half to paycheck paycheck and a half, basically, Uh, my people, like everybody I know. Right. So um, we need to get somewhere where that starts to matter again because this is not sustainable. And Well, can yeah. I? Oh, of course can you can. Course. Can I take that and pivot with it? Of
0: course you can. All right. Rock and
1: roll. Our special guest today. Fabulous. Yeah. We want to focus this discussion with our guest, Kenton, from Funk it Toys on sustainability and a few other things that really matter. So if you're not familiar with Kenton, you can go read his About section right now on his website because we're hoping that he's going to come on here in a few minutes with us and just discuss everything that has not been discussed before. Um, and as far as you and I go Do you have a favorite Like I mean What do you know about dildos We're talking about dildos Okay today, we're talking guys. about dildos Okay And Valentine's Day And a local DC business Alright so And a queer owned business So
0: here's, here's Body the, safe Here's the thing When I started working at Pleasure Place 2010 I got the job Because I was like I was like a freelance writer And I wanted to At that point I just kind of like Really decided like This was going to be Like the rest of my life so I wanted to have these experiences that would color and inform and you know, like push my writing further ahead. Uh, Marissa Payne, who, you, uh, she's still at the Washington Post, I believe. Um, or she, no, she's not. She's a stay-at-home mom now, but she was at the Washington Post for a period of time. She had a blog, when I, and she was the blogger that like, I looked up to initially when I first started blogging in 08. And she, when she started blogging, worked at Capital Video Sales in... Capitol Hill. So I was like, if I want to inspire my writing, I might take a note from her and a page from her Hmm. and do a similar thing. And so that's what I did. And uh, it's funny. The the, The first moment you have as a person for me, like working as a cisgendered male in a sex shop where you're like, okay, this is some weird different stuff that I'm doing, is the first moment when you have somebody come in who is a queer person who needs to purchase... A massive male member and not like okay so like you, you sell a dildo and it's like a certain size like a smaller size you're like okay this is somebody who just wants to simulate sex with a penis like and it's like a small like you know cute almost size but then when you meet like the queer person that needs like the 10 inch cock and you're like wow Why are you
1: looking at
0: me no I'm just looking at you because I'm connecting with you about this moment <laughs> I had where like there's this queer person I meet she comes in she's like you know very like butch black woman With her very like femme girlfriend. And it's like 10 o'clock at night. We're getting ready to close. And they're about to have this moment at like the Four Seasons down the street. And she comes in and she's like, I need to buy this dick and a harness. Now. And I'm like.
1: Speaking of last minute shopping. Yeah. Which is another reason we wanted to have kids on this week. So I'm like. No last-minute Valentine's Day shopping this year. So I'm
0: like, oh my god, like this this is quite the ask because I'm like, it's a moment where it's weird, and this will get into more into the conversation as we go. But um, there's a moment when you're doing that where like that penis is larger than my penis, and I'm like, okay, also, this is the male
1: perspective, right? And it's okay, the man, it. and it's the
0: man moment where you're like. I literally have nothing to do with like the penis like I have a penis on my body but it compares nothing (laughs) to what this is
1: okay well there's sleeves for that but yeah
0: no it's just a moment where you're like okay so sex and sexuality are completely like divorced from me because it's usually like sex is a very personal thing but then when you're like selling the toy and you're like involving with like a thing that looks like your thing and it's not your thing at all.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if strokers convey <clears throat> quite as strongly as as dildos. Yeah, it was just a moment where uh, I'm just and like you're speaking about remarkable comparisons. Yeah, and
0: I'm just like, wow, okay, so this is what I do.
1: All right. So speaking of people that do do those things. Yeah. Um, Kans- Hi. Hey, Kenson. Welcome. Kenson, what's going on? Welcome. Have you not been li-
2: much? Not much.
1: Have you been listening? Yeah, I've
2: been listening for a bit.
1: Any comments so far? Jump right uh, in here, man. Jump right in here.
2: I mean, my 3D printer only goes up to, like, maximum maybe 12-ish inches in height, so I can't make anything <laughs> super large. Okay. But, uh. okay.
0: Amazing. So I want to give a little bit of your background so we can kind of, like, frame the conversation. On your website, it says that you studied graphic design for 13 years. You're a sculptor for eight. You uh, studied uh, sex education for five. Color theory for nine uh material safety for 10 3d modeling for 16 mold making for two you're a boy scout so were you like an eagle scout
2: oh no that <laughs> wait does it really say i was a boy scout on there yeah as Funny. a
0: woodworker yeah
1: one thousand percent yeah it does
0: and for two years, you've been doing Funkit Toys.
1: So okay. here's what I'll say. I've read a lot of sexpert or a toy manufacturer or, you know, adult industry uh, business owner profiles. And that, of all the profiles I've read or backgrounds, that is the one that by far has the most non-directly sexual influences. Yes. That all convalesce into what you're doing now. So that's what I love about your story and your work and your philosophy is that your influences are pretty pretty non-explicit. And and, and I, I don't find that to be so much the case for most of the other folks I've met all these years. So um, sculpting is part of your background, and I would like to hear just about when you were a sculptor. Not necessarily how it conveys now, but... Um, when you were working, how long would you spend on a on a sculpture, and what sort of media did you work in? and um what's like the largest uh, uh, show you ever had a collection of pieces that you ever produced like by hand before the dildos?
2: Oh, I never had like a job in art specifically i I did art school for a while and dropped out. okay, but these are just like. Basically collections of things like when I started doing them and how long I've been on and off fiddling with them. Like all of this, all of these numbers, I'm not like a hundred years old. This is <laughs> stuff that I've been doing just like I, uh, I started doing 3D modeling in middle school. Like wow. graphic okay. design in high school, all of that stuff. I, you know, Fairfax County, well-funded school system, True. decent art programs. Uh, maybe not as much as they used to be, but still pretty good. And, yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot of art stuff and just generally crafting stuff for roughly my whole life. I would say uh, I don't have it really listed in here, but I would say one of the bigger influences for a lot of my work is culinary school because that's where I learned to read material right. safety data sheets. and. Like, I
0: was I was going to ask you about that. So... One of the things that inspires me the most when I look at your work is that you're you're a chef. So one of the things about being a chef is that when you make food, you make it to sustain people. And mm-hmm. you're th- I just wanted to ask your thoughts about, like, Eat when, to you're, live. Right, when you're making, you know, a piece. You made, how many, 24 pieces now since, since Funkit's been open? 24 models. Opened? 24 models since Funkit's been open?
2: Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. So, I, I lose count.
0: Right, right, right. So... What about the modeling process? Do you feel like you know allows you to create stuff that still sustain, sustains people? Because I feel like that's a thing that once you do it as a chef, you don't lose it as a
2: as a desire.
0: As a creative, right? As a creative desire.
2: I uh I wouldn't say I've ever cooked to sustain people, except maybe myself at like nine in the morning. But uh, <laughs> mostly, like food is yeah. What what turns like you on about thing of being a chef? Enjoyment and experience. Uh, well, for that, I would have to say my mom, my mama was a Navy brat and has lived everywhere. Like I found out the, uh, like the dish that I requested every year on my birthday, like my favorite food, oh, what my was favorite yours? meal, the I thing that, that would be the last thing. Like if I was on death row and had a last meal, this is what I'd ask for.
0: Yeah.
2: What was uh, it? We don't know what it's called. It's just something <laughs> that my mom learned to cook when she lived in algeria like it's just a couscous lamb and root vegetable stew and we have no idea what the name is like i came home one day and smelled something like in high school and smelled something i'd never smelled before and uh that day we were just having homemade ethiopian i guess
0: so then question what's the thing that you've made uh in in the funkit process that makes you feel the most like similar to that dish
2: Oh man Uh I don't know if they're super comparable um, I don't know I feel like every time you? I have a new design I go through a period of like new toy syndrome like and just really enjoy it and don't want to sell the first one but it's, I love uh, it
1: the attachment.
2: Yeah. You know ample. what? The um, the Signet, I think, would come closest, which uh, still hasn't entered production. Uh, so I, I 3D print my molds, which allows me a certain degree of flexibility, but not a super great degree of, like, precision. Uh, 3D printing, you can get down to about, like, a tenth of a millimeter precision. But uh, if you're going to be making silicone injection molding, you need, like, a thousandth of a millimeter. Mm. Right to do anything like that plus a silicone injection molding machine is uh about half the size of a bus and wouldn't fit in any room of my house <laughs> <laughs> so oh. okay and, yeah uh, that uh, that would be a whole thing so it's going to cost me like two to four grand to get molds made for those which i will have to scrape together at some point
1: so at this point in the development every piece truly is a one of a kind right
2: yeah except the no oh, for yeah. those, which are just you know one of a thousand or so Can
1: we talk about those because no. I love a budget conscious Kingster. because damn, they will fetish tax the hell out of us if we're not careful. That was the first oh, yeah. link There's I clicked a... on. Tell me, tell, tell our audience all about the, that, that product, that line you have.
2: Yeah. The no frills, uh, the moment I realized like when starting this company, how expensive I would have to make the toys to make it a viable thing. Mm -hmm. that would pay for itself, let alone turn any kind of profit. Mm -hmm. I wanted to figure out how to make a toy, like a silicone body safe toy, less expensive. Um, So I spent, you know, a year and a half or so just making mold designs and generally mulling it over. I tend to put things just to the back of my mind and let them simmer back there for a long time. And let the ideas happen. with yeah, um, the
1: creative process. With the, no,
2: right. with the no frildos, I just spent time figuring out how to make molds and how to make molds that I could get toys out of more easily and how to make molds that I could reuse very quickly. Uh, molds that would be super simple to design, simple to work with, because uh, I use ABS plastic for my molds, just the direct 3D printed thing, as opposed to making a positive positive than making a doing silicone casting of all that. Um, so they're rigid uh, and I have to like pull all the toys out of that mold. So with the no dose I designed it so that I could pull it out easily without using any kind of like soap and water to lubricate it. Therefore I'd be able to pour silicone immediately back in and have a quick turnaround. Uh, another thing is that nice. the silicone I use with those uh, cures a lot quicker I put a lot less, um, you know, I learned to use the program a lot better and didn't need to spend as much time fiddling with the design. I didn't try and get anything perfect. It didn't have to, like, look an exact certain way. I just made some things that would be pleasurable and didn't go through all the, uh, the nitpicking and perfectionism that I usually do with my designs. So I wouldn't feel any kind of way about, like selling them at an expensive cost because they're something that didn't take me terribly much effort and I could turn out uh, enough that I could keep up with demand. And that's how the No work. They're just available in four colors as opposed to, uh, with my other toys, I use about 10 primaries to get colors to just about anything you can imagine except a bright cyan due to pigment limitations.
1: I saw that because all of your products are is the terminology these days if people are shopping is it non-toxic or non-porous or body safe what's the difference between that when you're shopping online for products like yours
2: um, well all three of those things mean different things so non-toxic means that it doesn't have anything in it that will harm you uh, non-porous means that it's not going to harbor microbes it doesn't have any, like, small gaps in the material that uh, pathogens can live in. And putting those two things together, you get body safe, where mm, it okay. uh, it doesn't contain any chemical hazards. It's not going to harbor any biological hazards. Another, you know, thing I picked up from culinary school. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, and together, those two things make something more or less body safe.
1: And non-porous is pretty straightforward to take care of, too. It seems like these days... Soap and water does it, right?
2: Well, soap and water will clean it. uh, But then you're also going to want to sanitize it between partners. And sanitizing is going to be like, depending on the material, boiling, bleaching, uh, like a 10% bleach solution, rather. uh, Steam autoclave, if you have it. Uh, The great thing about silicone is you can boil it, you can bleach it, it, you can put in a steam autoclave, you can use alcohol on it. You can sanitize it in a lot of different ways just like steel, with uh, a lot of the glass toys you'll find, you can't boil it because uh, some company has a patent on using the Pyrex uh, borosilicate glass
0: oh, that's in to sex know.
2: toys, unfortunately. That's come- actually super um, important to know. I haven't
1: come across that yet. I knew I knew they would say, oh, it's made of the same thing as Pyrex.
0: No, because I've seen I've seen glass toys that have that Pyrex seal of approval, or whatever, and I didn't know that that was like a thing that is actually like for sale and only used by one company. That's fascinating.
1: So just get good glass toys because they are fantastic. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and like even with non Pyrex glass toys, you can sanitize it a lot of different ways. You just can't necessarily boil it, like soda lime glass. Uh, the one thing, like, Settle Lime Glass is super slippery, but Pyrex is even more slippery, which is nice, but, like, you don't need that much lube to use any glass toy, so it's not a huge difference, mm. other than that, you don't boil it.
0: Okay. So, a question then about, like, just the creative process again, getting back into, like, how you put these things together. Um mm-hmm. What are some things that are outside of the outside of, that you think paint outside of the, the the norm that inspire you when you're trying to like put together a piece or when you're trying to think about like how you want to design a uh, like a curve or something in you know one of these uh, dildos that you're making these days?
2: Well, I think the primary thing is the the set of constraints I work under. Like the the thing about creativity is like the more you can limit the creative process the better it works i find um constrained art it just makes my life a lot easier so i have the
1: made me smile <laughs> yeah the smile.
2: the molds i make are one like just they're, they're a set width and all the suction cups are the same size so they can stick together that way um but also the the mold beyond that doesn't get bigger than a uh I think it's it's like a sixty-five by seventy two millimeter hexagon. Um, so I tend to work within that. I also work under the limitations of the three D printer. It can't do any kind of bridging. I have to be able to extract the toy from the mold. So that uh that puts some limitations on the design. But beyond that, like I would say a lot of my art background inspires me a lot. It's like you you write what you read, but uh, that kind of applies to everything.
0: Right. So as far as like, you know, just like artists or things like because for me, it's like I'm a journalist and I also have worked in the music industry for the last 10 years. So a lot of the stuff that I do is always inspired by like, you know, like authors and musicians or like, you know, it's like it's like Finding the space between like this author and this musician, and that's like a creative space where I feel like I can like operate. Like, do you have the same kind of thing where it goes on with how you you know were putting things together? Um, like art wise, I try as far and keep as, like, a yeah. bit of
2: a design aesthetic together. There, I don't have like uh
1: no, I did notice a sheet I saw,
2: or anything.
1: Even your website na- that works conveys that way, that. But. yeah, you got a great aesthetic. It yeah. really conveys through all the levels. It's no. a it's a oh, joy. I appreciate that. It's colorful. It's playful, but it's very it's very polished. No, which for is sure. why you take it seriously. If you know your stuff, if right. you know and dildos. Yeah the, yeah, the
0: thing that gets me is the N is flipped over to be the C. It's so it's so subversive, <laughs> and it's so smart.
2: Oh, I love it. Yeah, like that's what? probably so
0: so so. All then, I guess that's. So
2: side the, the sideways end is probably my greatest creation. Okay, <laughs> so what, as, uh, so then design. ultimately,
0: what went into that, that into that concept? Because that's like the one thing I think, okay, so sex toy industry is a $20 billion industry. What then about, to me, that flipped over in represents so much of what makes, in my mind, your brand stand out, because it's a thing that like immediately isn't like an eye trick, and it like stands out like, boom, okay, so... These toys, there's something about them. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to like examine further. So what happened when you made that decision? Where did it come from? What were you thinking?
2: What, the turning the end sideways? Yeah. It just happened. It wasn't like a conscious thing. I was like, oh, this would work. Oh, hey, that looks like fuck. Great. <laughs> like it, 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 the idea of... Up, okay, so fully formed from my forehead pumpkin. and became the goddess yeah. of wisdom or whatever. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so you're just so you're just like looking at the letters and then it's like two in the morning and you decide to flip it on the side. and You're just like, oh, I that's think, fascinating. No,
2: it, it 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 really wasn't like you're you're giving me a little too much credit. Oh no, I'm it's not trying to like give you like any it just credit fell at all. Out of my head.
0: I want I wanted you to explain it. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to set but you I up here, man. But I
1: think that's because it was yeah, there's naturally. no
2: explanation. It was like two and a half years ago. I don't even remember it. Just. Uh, the end was sideways, and it looks like fuck, and that's uh, how the logo works.
1: Well, I think that's the point is it comes so naturally to you because I do think there is a certain aesthetic and a sophistication that starts with the logo, like Funk It, you know? It's yeah, right it's, there. Um, if, the, if, you didn't, if that was effortless for you, well, then no wonder your, your designs are so beautiful. And, we, you know, we wanted to have you here today. So, you know, me being the goddess that I am and a bit of a retail diva, And having that experience in adult retail where everybody waits for the last minute, which is not how they can get a hold of your toys. And I want to put your toys, your designs in the hands of people for Valentine's Day this year. So my call to action would be what's your typical uh, time between like ordering and somebody receiving the toy? We have mostly a local audience, I would say, you know, sort of like the DMV area. How do people find your designs and and get a hold of you and, and get what they want before Valentine's Day?
2: Well, uh, the sooner they order, the better. Um, uh, I have a lot of wholesale orders I'm working on, so that lowers the turnaround time. But I would say if you for a custom, order now. And for anything else, order like two weeks ahead of time. And what can and people that,
1: customize besides color?
2: Oh, just that. I don't do. Okay. So here's the thing about designing a custom sex toy. What, what designing a custom sex toy would entail is me talking to a person, spending a lot of time figuring out what they like about a design, spending a lot of time in a program creating a design, spending a lot of time with back and forth, only to find out that their budget was $130, and they want a toy that will take, at my cost, $150 worth of silicone.
1: Yes, before they charge for your time. So educating people about the value of what it is that you do, And how to respect your process And engage with you as a professional successfully Which is the same type of shit I'm constantly trying to teach people About how to get along with me too Right So they go to to your website they, They shop around They look at what you have They place an order And then it arrives in their mail discreetly Right Or whatever address they provide for you And you said wholesale Are you in any local brick and mortar kitten? Can they go buy your products off the shelf Anywhere around here?
2: I've had some stuff in Lotus Blooms. I think they're out at the moment, and okay. I've been uh, prodding them a bit. I want to get back into Secret Pleasure, or I want to get into Secret Pleasures. Uh, that was really the first place I reached out to, but I haven't had so much luck there. Uh, uh-huh. So nowhere super local. Okay, um, well,
1: up across the I city. I think the nearest
2: she- brick and mortar is in New York.
1: Okay, where are you at in New York? Maybe Chicago, San Francisco.
2: Yes. Uh, Museum of Sex in New York. I uh, saw your stuff, stuff
0: at Museum <laughs> of Sex. <laughs> I right. was just there.
1: All right. And, uh, yeah, I saw your
2: stuff bed, in Early to bed, I think, is the place in Chicago.
1: What's, oh, early to bed. Yeah, that's Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. All right, anywhere else? Uh, West Coast anywhere at the moment? Well. Uh, chi-
2: West Coast. I don't think I'm in the West Coast in stores. Okay. Uh, as far w- I think the furthest west my stuff is is uh, self serve in Albuquerque.
1: I haven't heard uh, of that. There's That's a lot a of new stuff one. in Canada.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, self serve is great. I yeah, they have an awesome time. staff. It's a real cool store.
1: Nice, nice. I'll add self serve to the list of great Wonderful. sex stores, great adult stores. Well, right. Kenton,
0: our time has come to a close with you, and um, anything, I wanna, yeah. If you could, we give didn't cover
1: something you want us to know before we let you go.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, more cool people making more cool things is a good thing. So keep doing that. Uh, Anyone who has questions about, like, making their own toys, my inbox is always open.
1: And what's your email? Um,
2: Oh, I don't put my email directly out there. Like, Twitter inboxes go to the contact page on the website.
1: Okay. So, uh, and what's your Twitter handle?
2: Uh, At FunKit Toys.
1: F U. It's
2: F-U-N-K-I-T-T-O-Y-S.
1: Okay. You got it.
2: Fabulous. Kenton from
1: Funkin' toys. Valentine's Day really is right around the corner, guys, and it's in the January. So you need something to look forward to. So uh, get online tonight.
0: Absolutely. Order your
1: toys from Kenton, and um, then join us at Adobo on February fifteenth. There it is. At the Big Chief. Absolutely. That's Valentine's Day this year, kids. We set you up for success. Now go do it.
0: Right Kenton, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: For sure. Have a, it's a great day. Honor. Absolutely. Bye. Cool. Well, this has been our time here on. Uh, Mindfuck this week. Uh, this has been, you know, just our seventh week and I appreciate everybody for listening. Our listenership is up 60%.
1: Thank you, guys. Which is wonderful.
0: You could find us on... Uh, this is such
1: an experiment. It's a wild ride. I, I don't have any idea what my voice is on this type of platform. I wake up every day and worry about what we're doing, but I know it's going to be okay. It's working, right? It's working. Yeah, so so th- thank you for coming along with us, guys. Thank you for being open to an evolution instead of like some completely storied product that we just presented to you. Like, this is a journey, and that's okay. Can we cover one thing from beginning and wrap up with this? Yeah. You and I spent a few minutes at the start of the episode talking about what this is and what our process is and why right. we're doing it. Well, I remember when I asked you that question directly, your answer was to create community because we just need to ride out this insanity. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Ride the wave, but mm-hmm. ride it together. Yes. So the other thing you said was... And this is going to get us a lot of followers. We're going to lose some people, but you said our podcast is what would have happened if there had been a third term of Obama. Okay, All right. So we're just hanging on, guys, and we're going to talk about self care and and sustenance and sustainability and, and, and art because the only way I'm going down is in a party, looking good and feeling good and having a great time. So we're here to do that. We're here to entertain and inform and encourage and and to hopefully have new dialogues uh that will keep us entertained and sustained and connected until this sh- this fucking fog clears.
0: Absolutely. So you yeah. can find us on our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at @mndfck podcast p-o-d-c-a-s-t you can find me at at marcus k dowling at marcus with a c-k-d-o-w-l-i-n-g on all social media uh, you can listen to us podcast on stitcher and anchor and google play and itunes and all the places you find podcasts we're on at least 12 different places right now that will be growing uh thank you
1: hey kids it's domina i'm doing a lot of traveling this spring if you are anywhere on the West Coast or you happen to be in Texas or Chicago or New York City, you need to get a hold of me now. Uh, you can reach me at dominavontana at Gmail. That's also my Twitter handle and my webpage and my Instagram. And my Facebook is D. Vontana. Just Google Washington, D.C. Dominatrix. That's me.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and have a better tomorrow.
1: Ciao, bellas.
0: Stands, one nation divided, by one man,
2: fight for your freedom, for your liberty, and yes, we the people, we unity, LGBT community, black, white, Latino, Asian,
0: native, American, let's come together and say the nation, my, mind.